You're listening to the Pre-Health Spotlight Podcast with Garrett Lay and Retwan Bandiopadian. Welcome to episode two of the Pre-Health Spotlight Podcast. It has been a while. We definitely haven't been on the bi-weekly thing, but you can blame it on break because we are on break. Yeah, you know, and... I mean, we had we had finals week hit, so, you know, that was that was a little bit of a time commitment. And... Yeah, no offense to you listeners out there, but you were not a priority at yeah, the moment. It was our grades. Not. Exactly. And that definitely didn't work out. No, anyway, so it's <laughs> no fine. it didn't. Yeah. Um, but now we are back. Uh, we finally buckled down and actually wrote some stuff. We did a little research we did, we did, uh, yes. for this episode, which today is going to be about stress because we felt it was kind of appropriate for the time. Um, you know, there's nothing really better than coming off of a grueling finals week, super stressful time, mm-hmm. uh, that finals week, the week before some of the most stressful times that we as college students have ever experienced. You didn't really see it in high school even. Um, but finals week in college is a whole new thing. And then you come home, uh, for the holidays only to quickly remember why you're willing to spend tons of money to write papers and take exams far away from home. Because sometimes home can be stressful as well. You immediately get home. Your mom's telling you to do chores and stuff that you didn't have to do. You probably don't even have to wash your dishes if you're on a meal plan at school, so you don't even remember that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, many of you can probably relate to the fact that coming home for a break is probably a pretty bittersweet experience. I mean, on the one hand, you get a chance to escape from all the hustle, bustle, and constant need to be on top of your game that comes with the fall semester, but then the family drama and demands come and replace that, and it seems like stress is something that is always lingering in the back of our heads, no matter what, in some form. Yeah, we're all acquainted with it. It's always in our lives, whether it's at school or at home, uh, which is why mental health and dealing with stress is so important. And that's why we thought now is a great time to talk about stress and mental health for students as we see the crossroads between final stress, holiday stress, and then starting a new semester uh, in a couple weeks for a lot of people. So... You know, stress is always there, but you don't want to get too worried about it, and you do want to spend some time at home to relax, but that's why we're here to tell you maybe how to do that, maybe how to help with that, um, but also explain a little bit about stress, because this is a pre-health spotlight podcast, so we're going to spotlight the health that comes along with stress. Absolutely. So this episode is about stress, and we hope you enjoy. Yeah. So what is stress? Uh, I know you've probably talked about stress, whether it's in like an intro Uh, health class or something like that, but stress is defined by the American Institute of Stress in two different ways. First, it's physical, mental, or emotional strain or tension, and also as a condition or feeling experienced when a person perceives that demands exceed the personal and social resources that individual is able to mobilize. Yeah, Um, and... Yeah, and that second definition there is the one that we're more easily able to relate to in our personal experiences with stress on a day-to-day basis. You know, often our minds get very singularly focused on a demanding aspect of our lives, and this could take the form of an important upcoming final exam, a breakup, a death of a loved one, or, you know, countless other high-pressure situations. And when things like these happen to us, we tend to become very overwhelmed whether that be emotionally, physically, or mentally. And it's in these, in these moments that we find that we lack the resources necessary to deal with the situation in, in hand, and it's in those moments that we 
feel what is called stress. Yeah, I think, like, I read that first definition, the physical, mental, emotional strain or tension, and yeah. I was like, yeah, that's the one I've always felt, but I think that second one made a lot more sense to me, because I'm always yeah, right. like, oh man, I'm really stressed about this, mm -hmm. but why? And that second definition kind of tells you why. It's exactly. You don't feel like you have the capability or resources to deal with the situation, yeah. so you get nervous, yeah, It's like a uh, deep you get feeling anxious. of unpreparedness. Yeah, yeah. and I never, I never thought about it that way, so I thought mm -hmm. that second definition um, was really good. But before we get into uh, what things stress us out and what that definition means and how we see stress, um, what actually happens when you're stressed? I'm sure most of you know already because, like I said, we talk about it in health classes and things like that. Um, and we know it isn't particularly fun because we've all felt the effects of stress. But since this is a pre-health podcast, let's talk about some of the biological factors that play a role in stress. Um, the main system involved in stress is called the HPA axis which stands for hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And this is the pathway that once activated by the nervous system perceiving a stressor, once again, this perception thing is a big deal because your brain actually has to perceive the event mm -hmm. or thing that's happening to you as a stressor before your HPA axis even gets uh, turned on. But once that happens, it uh, results in the release of the stress hormones, which are cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine from the adrenal glands all the way down on the top of the kidneys. These hormones bind to receptors all over the body, resulting in the telltale symptoms that come with stress, like increased heart rate, tense, mus tense muscles, headaches, and then we'll talk about what happens when you have a lot of stress for a long time, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so let me ask you this. So um, this past semester, you took an intro to neuroscience I course, did. right? So um, in that course, did you talk about like the, the areas of the brain that were kind of involved in stress? Is that yeah. something? So, yeah. So actually, we did talk about the HPA axis. Oh, so really? when I Googled it and I saw that it said HPA axis, I was uh -huh. like, oh, that's cool. Um, we talked about that. But another big one that I didn't mention here, but the amygdala um, oh, in yeah. the brain is big. Fear with, center. That's actually where a lot of that perception of the stressor goes down. Right. Um, so the HPA axis is the chemical part, but the amygdala is where the perception of stress mm -hmm. occurs. And this is like something we'll go into in more detail later, but... From my understanding, the amygdala is a very, I guess, prehistoric part of our brains, mm -hmm. and it is supposed to, you know, engage our fight or flight response in very critical situations. Yeah. And um, stress was kind of something way back in the day was supposed to protect us from predators and risks of that sort, and it's kind of evolved to this modern, to this modern, um, I guess, reflex of ours yeah. to kind of react to situations that we don't know how to handle so that's that's an interesting connection to make yeah the, the amygdala is really cool it it does fear things it also um there's been a couple times where they've done experiments where people's amygdalas have been damaged or whatever mm -hmm. and like you won't get things like personal space huh. like uh, the amygdala kind of i at least kind of what i figured out from it was it's like you kind of have a sense of how close you should get to somebody before you start to feel uncomfortable yeah and when you don't have an amygdala anymore you lose that. So, like, because you know, like, it is actually, it's almost like you feel kind of stressed when somebody's getting too close to you. Right. You're like, whoa, 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 back up. Yeah. When you don't have a working amygdala or just don't have one at all, you don't feel like that. Yeah. You you get too close to people. Just like, lose the concept of yeah, this one, space. Yeah, this one of the patients would, like, always be, like, just a couple inches from somebody's face because huh. they just never felt that, the personal space bubble that we all have. That is really cool. So, um, that's a little bit about the biology of stress and things like that. There's a ton of other things you can look up uh, in terms of what exactly some of those chemicals do, like cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine, things mm -hmm. like that. Right. Um, cortisol is the one that's going to affect you more in terms of like the everyday kind of stress. Adrenaline is going to be the one where like, uh, you're being attacked by a bear 
or something. Like it gets your right, muscles yeah, going yeah. and things like that. Um, but anyway, so let's move on to some of the effects of stress and what it does to your body. Um, start with the bad. Yeah, there's bad. Uh, yeah, there's we know that there's bad. bad. Um, so let's go with the bad side of stress. Yeah. Being a college student is already tough and you have tons of information to learn, lots of club meetings to attend, podcasts to write and edit, Absolutely. things like that. Uh, having an unhealthy amount of stress won't help this at all, says Captain Obvious. A big thing stress can do is limit your productivity um, by suppressing your immune system. You know, already at college, things can be gross. We lived in uh, oh, just the uh, worst. We lived in a six-person suite that the had the ever. most disgusting bathroom of all time, and I can't believe that I made it out of that semester alive. Yeah, just imagine six college students using one bathroom. It yes. was it was just not a good situation. And you know what didn't help? Stress, because our immune systems Absolutely were not. being suppressed and we were in that bathroom all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no one wants to study when they're sick and it's already easy enough to get sick at school when you have some disgusting bathrooms and things like that. Right. You're always around other people and you sometimes get very little sleep, which also doesn't help the immune system. So stress can really play a big factor in keeping you healthy. So you want to try to limit that stress so you aren't sick all the time. I know everyone's always sniffling, coughing, and things like that. Um, It can hinder your ability to focus or remember information and make those tough classes tougher as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the big numbers that come along with how stress affects college students particularly, I was reading an uh, article published by NYU, and they mentioned a ton of those numbers that really emphasize how much stress can impede your productivity and even your social engagement. So stress is the number one reported impediment to academic performance. Six out of 10 college students say they feel so stressed they can't get their work done, which I know you've probably felt like that. I know I've felt like Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yes. Where you know you have to do this thing, you mm-hmm. have to get this paper done, but you just stare at it and you can't even think about it. Right, right. This is something we've all felt, right? It's it's so much easier to get an assignment done or study for a test when you, know, you, you feel that you have control of what you're doing. But... When half of your mind is occupied with this fear and anxiety of not knowing um, a deadline coming up very soon and the other half is occupied with actually trying to get the task at hand done, it can be a lot harder, it can take you longer, and ultimately your finished product might not be as good as if you were calm in the first place. So there's all these different things to consider. Yeah, and it's not even just schoolwork either. 53% of college students also say they have been too stressed to even go hang out with friends. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's even if you have the time to go do it, right? right. You don't, you've gotten your work done and things like that, but you're worried about things in the future, things that you maybe should be doing. Maybe you didn't think you did that well on your test and you're thinking about the grade that you might have gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even want to go out and hang out, which hanging out with friends and stuff is a great way to relieve stress. So right, stress so. can even get in the way of yeah. getting rid of it. It's a vicious cycle. You know, you, you, you're stressed, so you don't go out and do things to that, that might alleviate your stress. And because you're not going out to do those things, you're getting even more stressed. And then it's just the problem festers. Yeah, you we get caught in this, like you just said, cycle. You're getting caught in where you're too stressed to get anything done, then you don't do work. And then right. you have more work, so you get more stress and everything like that. And I'm sure us talking about it is just stressing yeah, people out right everyone's now. Everyone's just sweating which right Which is now. why so we made sure to put good stuff about stress at the end. Right, because absolutely. Because this would be the worst yeah. episode ever absolutely, to yeah. listen we to. We will resolve this, don't <laughs> yeah. you worry. Yeah. Um, and besides the negative effects that it can have on your academics and social engagement, it also can hurt your physical health, which we mm-hmm. said can affect your uh, academics and social engagement, but just you in general. As mentioned earlier, it can suppress your immune system, make you more likely to get sick. 
Having too much stress for an extended period of time can lead to all sorts of other things that no one wants, like mental health problems, sexual dysfunction, gastrointestinal problems, cardiovascular disease, among a host of other things. So we already have a huge depression epidemic and things like that in college, and stress definitely plays a part in that, and it certainly doesn't help either. Um, and gastrointestinal problems, who you might not want to eat, um, mm -hmm. you should be eating, and then you're tired all the time, no matter how much sleep you're getting. So right. stress really just affects everything in your life. Yeah, I feel like it's obvious yeah. to say, but it's important right. to say. Every it. spectrum of your health is physical, it's mental, emotional. So it's something that you really need to be mindful about managing. So Yeah, well... Yeah. Uh, this sure has been pretty terrible so far mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what we're talking about. Yeah, but absolutely. fear not, um, stress isn't always this awful. So Ritwan did ahead, uh, went ahead and did some serious research on the good side of stress. Yeah, don't worry, guys. I'm here to calm you down. So just, just how we just talked about the bad side of stress, let's talk about the good side. And, you know, stress as a concept has an inherently negative connotation in our society. And this seems especially true in a time where mental health and its maintenance has been a focal point for many institutions in our communities. You know, schools, workplaces, they're all very focused on making sure that their members have positive mental health. And while this is absolutely necessary for those institutions to address these mental health issues the way they are, what often gets lost in these conversations is the positive effects of stress. So, and when we're discussing these positive effects, a great place to start is the whole idea of, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. And this practice can manifest in a number of different ways, from buckling down to study for an exam that you've been dreading and maybe procrastinating. I know that's a situation we've all been in, you know. This, this task is really stressing us out, but rather than dealing with it, we, we put it off. We look for distractions that'll maybe alleviate the stress in the moment, but at the end, it makes it even worse. Yeah. Um, another thing we can do is push ourselves harder at the gym than we did last week. Maybe ask, ask someone out that we've been crushing on for a really long time and many things more. And the common theme here is that at the surface, you don't really want to do any of these things. You know, pushing yourself harder at the gym, it's hard. It hurts. It burns. Um, asking someone out, maybe one of the most terrifying experiences <laughs> that life can offer us. But the thing is that if we muster the courage and the grit to actually do these things, we'll grow as human beings. Yeah, I think there's a great YouTube channel. I don't know if anyone has ever watched it, but it's called Yes Theory. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They, do, they do all sorts of crazy stuff, stuff that makes them uncomfortable. And they're saying that they have on all their merch and everything like that is seek discomfort. Yes, yeah. And I think that's a great saying because as much as being stressed sucks... Um, as much as being uncomfortable sucks, um, sometimes that's where you find the best parts of life. And yeah, once right. that discomfort's over, that's when it's better. Like I know a lot of the time when I have a lot of work to do, um, instead of buckling down and doing it and getting it done, I'll go do something that makes me feel a little less stressed, which is like play Xbox or something like that. But then I come back and I've missed a lot of work. Um, and that I need to get done. And now the stress is actually really bad. Right. Um, before I was concerned about the work, but it was something that was there. It was just simply reminding me that I have to get it done, do it well and work hard. But after I come back from taking that break to, uh, to escape that, um, moment of stress and get a moment of relief, um, it comes back and it's even worse because now I have less time to do it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, cr now it's crunch time and the work that I'm pushing out isn't the best thing that I could be doing. And that's something that all of us has experienced at some point in our life. 
But the the important takeaway here is that seeking out these positive effects of stress, you know, seeking out these good kinds of stress can really help us in our lives rather than, you know, bog us down the way the bad stress does. And healthline.com attaches a concrete term to this idea of good stress, and they call it eustress. And according to them, eustress pr- produces within us these positive feelings of excitement, fulfillment, meeting, satisfaction, and just general well-being. And we can cha- channel these to improve our emotional and physical health. And further examples of eustress include, you know, tackling a challenging project at work, setting high standards for our goals and our personal hobbies and interests, and even traveling, because as we all know, that is a stressful endeavor. Yeah, this is what, that's really, eustress is really what those guys at Yes Theory do. They do crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they like hung like a hammock in like the, it was like the Grand Canyon or something and slept way above the ground or whatever. Um, They do all sorts of skydiving and stuff like that. Those are really scary things, but... It's also, they're also really awesome things. Yeah. Skydiving's um, a great example. You know, you're just a nervous wreck in the plane. Yeah. But as soon as you jump out, it's just pure bliss. And I can't count the number of times that I've heard or read someone say that skydiving was just one of the most important experiences in their entire lives. Yeah. And I have, um, so I went to Las Vegas a while ago and anyone who knows me who's listening to this podcast will be tired of this story because I tell it all the time, but that's because it was an awesome experience after I did it. But they have this thing where you can jump off the stratosphere, which is the tallest building um, in the Las Vegas Strip. It's a big, it's a hotel, um, a casino, of course, and there's a restaurant up top. But what you can do is you can pay some money and you can jump off the top of it. It's It's not bungee jumping or anything. It's just you're tethered to a rope, but you jump and you're free falling for basically the whole way down. Um, And that was something that I read about it before we went and I was like to my parents, I was like, I'm going to do it. And they were like, you're really going to do it? I was like, I'm going to do it. And I it's got there, you, I got there and I looked at it and I was like, oh, just the most <laughs> maybe I won't thing. do it. And then we yeah, woke up yeah. the morning, I was going to do it. And then you could see it from our hotel room. And I was like, oh, maybe I won't do it. But um, I ended up deciding to, and I have a sweet GoPro video of it and everything. And the best part is you see when I jump, there's just raw tear on my yeah. face for like half a second and then it becomes pure joy because it's the coolest thing ever once you do it i was so stressed Mm -hmm. i was pretending i wasn't at all um but i was terrified um and once you once you jump it's really freeing and because that build up of stress and then the release is something uh like no other so i recommend if you're scared of doing something if you're scared of asking that person out if you're scared of starting that project that you're passionate about but you know it's going to be really hard and you might fail a lot, or you want to go jump off a building while in proper safety equipment. Yeah, you know what? That, <laughs> go do it. Take, take that, that leap, chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take that leap. Yeah, yeah because chances are, you know, when you seek these kind of situations out, while it may be incredibly difficult, and there will be times when you're building up to that great moment that you severely regret the decision that you make. Almost nine times out of ten, once once it's all over and it resolves itself, you'll be a better person, you'll be happy that you did what you did, and it'll work out perfectly. And Plus, that's exactly what yeah. Seeking You Stress is all about. Plus, you'll have a cool story. Absolutely, and everybody yeah. loves stories. Exactly. So. Yeah, you can use them on podcasts <laughs> yeah, to entertain, to entertain your listeners. Yeah. 
One last, one last good thing about stress is our acute stress response, which is the stress that happens when, you know, you might have to jump out of the way because you stepped into a crosswalk and somebody in downtown Pittsburgh does not care that the walk sign was on. Right. Um, they are going to go through that walk, uh, that crosswalk, regardless of whether you're there or not, and you have to get out of the way. Um, that one is the one that probably keeps us alive a lot of the time. That's the one that um, has to be there. And I could talk a little bit more about the biology of that, um, where that stress response comes from is something called the paraventricular nucleus or the PVN for short. And it takes inputs from everywhere. Like I said, it has to deal with perception, which the perception of things that are scary comes from the amygdala, but you're getting things from your, uh, cortex, hippocampus, septum, thalamus, um, other stuff from the hypothalamus, like motivational and behavioral states, interceptive context. So how you're feeling at the moment might make something more or less stressful, um, if you're already on edge, maybe you just almost got hit by a car at one yeah. crosswalk. You go to cross again. Right. You almost get hit by another car. Now your acute stress response is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, even stuff released through your blood can cause acute stress. Um, and then stuff from your brainstem, like visceral sensory, like touch and things like that. Um, and like spatial sensitivity, like where you are in space. So you're seeing a car coming at the out of the corner of your eye and things like that. And I think acute stress is just a great place to see where... Um, it all comes together in terms of like how much goes into creating the stress response right. and yeah. why it's so important. We yeah. talk, we how talked different about roles it plays. Yeah, yeah. It can save your life. It can also really harm you like with yeah. cardiovascular disease in the future. So that's why right. managing it is so important as yeah. well, because, right. um, there's a ton of stuff that goes into it. It's really interesting. Um, if you're interested, I highly recommend researching it more, things like that, finding ways to deal with stress. Um, and all that other good stuff. So the important takeaway here is that stress has two very distinct faces to it. You know, it's a double-edged sword. And just as easily as it can make us nervous and overwhelmed, it can improve our state of well-being and push us to be the best versions of ourselves as possible. So that's why we need to learn to manage it and use it as a tool. Yeah, so um, let's go ahead and move on to kind of the end of the podcast to round it out. So we've learned about the bad side of stress, mm-hmm. some of the good side of stress, um, acute stress, what happens in the body when you are stressed, a really brief overview. Um, but finally, I thought something that would maybe be cool is if we talked about our perception of stress and how it plays uh, in our life. Because like I said earlier, that one definition where it says the person perceives that demands exceed personal and social resources. Right. I thought that perceives part was really probably the most vital part of that definition. And Absolutely. it's how we see stress affecting us. So I thought it would be cool to maybe round out uh, this show with a little discussion on our perception of stress in everyday life. Right. And now that we've fleshed out, you know, these positive and negative effects that stress can have on our lives, the next question is, as you said, is it possible that our perception of stress as a concept has a bearing on how it affects us? And research conducted already tells us that the answer to that question is yes. In a study that was published by the peer-reviewed journal Health Psychology, more than 180 million adults who simultaneously reported that they perceived stress to negatively affect their health and experienced high amounts of stress had an increased risk of premature death. So that might sound a little confusing, so, so let's go over it one more time. So these adults both thought that stress was a negative factor in their lives. And in addition to thinking that, they experienced high amounts of stress as it was, whether that be positive or negative. So that combination 
increase their risk of premature death. And that's really what we're nailing down on here. Yeah, I think what you mentioned earlier when you said uh, about how a lot of the time when we talk about dealing with stress, it's always all the bad. I mean, we right. just talked about bad for a while, too. Yeah, yeah, everyone thinks, everyone hears the word stress and they immediately think of it as a bad thing. Yeah, and, and that's a very important thing that we need to address. Yeah, it's you You can know it's bad. That's not a big deal. But right. it's always focusing on the bad. Like, right. think about how... Uh, that stress and that situation can push you to be a better person and think yeah. about things like that and that could really as you see here it, the perception of how, how you think stress is going to affect you, you could be like oh i'm stressed in the future if this keeps up i'm gonna have cardiovascular disease exactly right. that's probably not going to be great but if you, it's like oh i'm stressed right now but i can use so and so techniques to do it maybe you like to do meditation um, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's playing sports, maybe it's reading, um, reading like things for fun, uh, whatever it is, maybe it's playing an instrument. There's so many different things you can do just to free your mind of worrying about stress. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of doing that, we think about the negatives and right. I think that's, that's definitely a really important thing. Yeah, yeah. It's so critical to think of stress, not as, you know, a blanket concept, but something, you know, as we said, has two distinct sides to it. And being able to distinguish between the bad and the good is very critical to our health in many different ways. So clearly what we're seeing here is that it's a mindset issue. And the good news about that is that we can very directly address the problem and alleviate it. By handling our stress in healthy manners and approaching challenges or setbacks in our lives in as positive a light as possible, we can combat these detrimental effects that come with a negative perception of stress. Um, I think it's also interesting. Sometimes this feels this way, like you see on social media and stuff. Sometimes it feels like the more stressed you are, the better it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know how people will be like, oh, I have this, this, and this to right, do. Right, it's right, like, right. oh, look how, look, oh, I'm so stressed. And the other people are like, well, I'm not doing this, this, and this. Am yeah, I right. doing something wrong? Yeah. Do I not have enough work to do? And then you start worrying. You worry about, am I doing enough with my time? Mm -hmm. um, am I relaxing too often? And I think that can be kind of a dangerous thing as well. We're Absolutely. constantly, this is a culture of constantly comparing yourself to yeah, other people. Yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole issue and, with social media, yeah, right? Is and that people use it to compare their own lives to other people and yeah yeah that's a and great so example. You, people wear how much stress they have as like a badge of honor right like exactly. look at me i'm a top executive here and i have to deal mm -hmm. with all this all the time i'm constantly working yeah and, and while, while their mental health might be terrible they're using their feelings to you know kind of negatively negatively reflect on all these other people who may be totally fine yeah but now they feel that suddenly they might not be doing enough just because they're not feeling the same pressure that this other person is yeah so deal with your stress how you feel it. Right. It's you know? a very individual thing. Yeah. yeah. Everyone experiences it in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And going off trying to deal with our stress, one of the best ways to achieve this goal is to adopt something called the growth mindset. Many of you may have heard of it already as it's become something that's pretty popular in educational circles. But for those of you who haven't heard of it, the growth mindset is a term that was coined by the psychologist Carol Dweck for the belief that we can use the challenges, the setbacks, and the failures in our lives to empower ourselves and make ourselves better. And adopting this growth mindset can be a fantastic way for us to more effectively manage our stress. So to put this in context, you know, imagine that you study extremely hard for an important exam that you have, something that I'm sure many of you have related to in these past couple weeks. And, you know, despite what you genuinely believed to be your best efforts, your grade on the exam fell short of what you personally were aiming for. 
And, you know, moments like these are tough. We've all went through them and they're very difficult. And it's easy for us in these moments to fall into negative patterns of thinking where we think things like, you know, I'm obviously not smart enough for this class. I might as well stop working so hard since it makes no difference. Everybody around me is doing so much better. They seem to just get it. But it's this kind of mindset that's self-destructive and, as you can guess, puts a lot of stress on you. And instead of thinking this way, the growth mindset encourages us to use setbacks like these as an opportunity to, you know, step back, evaluate yourself, figure out where you fell short and why you fell short in the way that you did. You know, maybe you studied, but you didn't study the right material, you didn't study as effectively And it's because of that that you didn't do as well on the exam. It's not necessarily that, you know, you have these fixed traits. You know, it's not that you inherently are not smart enough. It's not that you inherently don't have the work ethic, but rather that just your approach was incorrect. And similar to this, you know, you can approach, you can use the growth mindset to approach any different challenge that you might face in your life. And it's a, it's a very positive and self-constructive way to evaluate obstacles that we face. Yeah, I think that's something that's something super important because I know it's easy to be really stubborn uh, in the way you approach problems. Like I know mm-hmm. uh, when I study and stuff, if I don't do that well, a lot of the time I'll just go back and study the exact same way. Right. And I'm not sure why I just do it. And I'm like, oh, this is what I'm comfortable with or whatever. Yeah. Um, instead of going to like say, a professor's office hours. Like, I definitely haven't gone to enough office hours Mm -hmm. um, in the couple semesters I've been at school so far, mainly because it's something that I've never really had to do before or ever really done before. Yeah. So it is. It would be a stressful experience to go into into those office hours and ask... ask the professor these questions and Mm -hmm. it could definitely that's another issue of perception too like you don't want the professor to perceive you as needing extra help or something like that but that's not why they have office hours they aren't there to like they don't want they don't open up their doors just to like see like ha what an idiot he just came in and asked for help this guy asks the stupidest questions (laughs) Yeah. yeah no professor is ever gonna say that yeah and like this is something that we can we, it's important to remember that this is translatable to every kind of challenge that you might face in your life. You know, important exam. Um, maybe you're trying to improve at the gym, improve your physical abilities. Maybe there's recurring problems in a relationship that you have. You know, it's important to step back, figure out problems that you might be having personally, diversify your approach, diversify the ways that you're trying to figure out these problems and, you know, just try new things and constantly try to get better. And that's what the growth mindset is all about. It's a way to positively manage our stress, positively manage these negative situations and turn positive outcomes out of them. Yeah. And to round this out uh, at the very end here, I know hopefully a lot of people who are listening are pre-med students, pre-health, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And most of you above all probably will have a lot of stress going through school, going to medical school and things like that. Like that can be a really stressful experience. But personally, like I encourage you don't look at how others are doing or how much stress other people are under and things Mm -hmm. like that, because that can get really dangerous. I know particularly in the world of pre-health and things like that, like you're always going to be comparing yourself to your classmates and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it's not always a bad thing because you always do want to push yourself to be better in that way. But always make sure that you take a look at, yourself and make sure that um let's say maybe you got a b minus on a test and then um one of your friends got an a on the test right mm-hmm. uh you take another test next test you take you get a b plus your friend gets another a you did better 
Mm-hmm. Um, right, so maybe that's... you didn't do as well as your friend, but you did do better than you did before. So right. make sure you congratulate yourself for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, go get an ice cream or something. That's at least how I would, yeah, right, I would you congratulate know, myself. Some kind of positive reinforcement. And, you know, just going back to what we just talked about, you know, the growth mindset, it's all about growth. You know, making yourself better than where you were previously. Just because someone else is getting A's or someone else is doing so much better than you in some aspect of life doesn't necessarily mean that they always were that way or that you always will be the way that you are. Everybody is different. Everybody has a different journey and everybody got to the place that they are doing different things. So always focus on yourself, focus on making yourself as good as possible, improving in any way as possible and evaluate evaluate your success in that way and don't make it about other people and that's a great point to bring up yeah. especially for us stressed out yeah. free health students <laughs> yeah it is rough but i hope that uh after talking about all that bad stuff about stress uh we round it out in a good way for you thank you for listening to this second episode of half hour healthcare by the pre-health spotlight if you're interested in learning more about stress and its effects or you'd like to be involved in producing some content for PHS because we're always looking for people to maybe help write the podcast. Absolutely, we are. Um, help record the podcast. You can even be on it. Maybe you have a story to share, anything like that. If you're mm-hmm. a pre-health student, feel free to um, shoot us an email. I'll tell you the email address in a second. If you want to come on, talk about your experience, maybe some cool research you're doing, that's yeah. what we're here for. We want people to hear about it. Right. Um, or maybe if you know a professor you're working with who would be willing to come on as well. We're looking for other people because Retwan and I, we could get boring to listen to sometimes. Yeah, no, you know, maybe we already are. So, May- yeah, who yeah. knows? Two so, episodes in, you might be bored already. Who yeah. knows? So, so come just on, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Come on yourself. Maybe help us find a guest. We're going to be looking for some guests too. So like I said, uh, if you want to reach out, our email is prehealthspotlight at gmail.com. So that's P-R-E-H-E-A-L-T-H-S-P-O-T-L-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. Uh, So if you send us an email about anything, um, that'd be awesome. Whether it's a positive review, negative review, anything like that, um, that'd be fantastic. Also, speaking of reviews, please leave a review below because that's how we can get exposure. Because uh, particularly on Apple Podcasts, their algorithm is like, well, if this podcast, it's not really about listens. It's about how many reviews that podcast got Mm -hmm. in a certain amount of time. So if we want exposure, if we want to get out there, we need your help. So leave a review. That's awesome. And make sure to tell your friends about us. Thank you so much for listening. This is Garrett Lay. And this is Ritwan Bandiopadia. Thanks so much.